It's so early. I'm your host, Will Shelkoff, author of The Bitcoin Dog, following the scent to the Bitcoin C++ source code and contributor to Bitcoin Magazine. I'm here with my good friend, Alex Avila. Alex, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. Hi, yeah, um, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a technician for a big aerospace company, and I really just wanted to get some more knowledge on Bitcoin. And so uh, I got some questions for you. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, shoot. Okay, so... Bitcoin is talked about a lot in investment spaces, but I've also heard talk like people have bought stuff with Bitcoin. So my, well, I can't quite reconcile is how Bitcoin can simultaneously be a currency and a form of investment. Yeah, no, Alex, that's a great question. You know, I'm glad you asked. So uh, first of all, um, uh, Bitcoin is many things to many people. And the important thing is that uh, Bitcoin doesn't care. So, so, so you know, uh, TikTok next block, as they say, uh, the Bitcoin protocol keeps going on uh, validating transactions. So however uh, users want to assign value to Bitcoin, uh, they can. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what's cool is it's, you know, up to each individual. Um, to your point, yes, I think the first thing I'd want to touch on is a lot of people make an analogy of Bitcoin to digital gold. So uh, whatever are the physical properties of gold or any of the reasons people would make, uh, invest in gold as a store of value, um, you could see Bitcoin the same way as a digital gold. Well, I mean, it's not like people still go around with gold coins to buy stuff or even the gold, uh, you know, bullions, I think they're called. Or That's bricks. sure. Yeah. Like nobody's here. Have this for a shirt, you know? Let me buy it and make sure it's real. Right. <laughs> so how does Bitcoin kind of equate to a dollar and also a brick of gold? Sure, sure, yeah. So um, so that's just the first thing to understand is uh, some people uh, don't think Bitcoin will ever be a digital currency. You know, sure, it, uh, you know, this term cryptocurrency came about uh, implying that these uh, digital assets have to be used as a currency, but it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. So uh, if you were someone interested in investing in Bitcoin, again, hashtag not financial advice, but, <laughs> but uh, if you were someone interested in investing in Bitcoin, it might deem value to you to you simply just as an investment that holds its value. Uh, a parallel as an example for gold. So um, the question is, uh, how much is an ounce of gold worth? If we measure uh, gold in dollar terms, it's changed throughout the years. I think in the 1930s, they said one ounce of gold was worth $35. So you could trade in one ounce for $35. Today, one ounce of gold is worth $1,900. Um, but of course, we know that $1,900 today, or, or $35 right. today, is not what it was back then. So sure. uh, traditionally, if you go back uh, 2,000 years or even 5,000 years, Let's keep it to 2,000 years. Yeah. The idea of what could you buy with an ounce of gold is um, a really nice suit. So if you wanted to go to your local tailor or your local shop and you were like, I'm, I'm really looking for like a really fine suit, you know, something I could wear and be proud of. Yeah. Um, an ounce of gold has uh, tended to keep that value. Um, so the question that the rest of the world needs to find out is, what is one Bitcoin worth? And that's something that we don't know yet. So Is, is that like... Because I also know a tiny bit about Bitcoin from just talking to you in general, but and listening to some of the podcasts. Yeah. But like one Bitcoin as a whole, or as you know, one Satoshi or the divisions that you can go down to. Sure, both ultimately because okay. uh, Satoshi is a division. So on the right. flip side, uh, my 
uh, example of an ounce of gold, you know, what about 12 ounces of gold, you know, a, a, a gold bar? I actually forget how many ounces is considered a, a bar of gold, sure. but, you know, that would, that would be the equivalent. So okay. uh, whether, whether we're determining, like, what's one Satoshi worth or a thousand Satoshis worth, we could analyze that to Bitcoin. So once we get a baseline, then it's easier to kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's just like the the big thing I want to emphasize right off the bat. That some people think it's just like an asset you could hold to have value. Mm -hmm. um, so the next question is the currency. But do you have any other right. comments on that? Yeah. Like okay. So I mean, you know, mo mo most people see it as an investment. I thought the idea was also to for it to be used as a currency, mm -hmm. or is it really more of a a more advanced form of storing your your wealth but then also um, owning it yourself whereas I don't put my wealth in a bank or some other account that somebody else has it's my own I have it on my own you know hard drive or whatever you yeah. know, you, whatever thing that you use to store it yeah so the first thing I definitely want to make clear is um, ultimately for Bitcoin your Bitcoin exists on the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, it exists as something called uh, UTXOs mm -hmm. or unspent transaction outputs. So uh, that's how it exists in terms of uh, how much uh, Bitcoin you have. So the right. thing that you have in a cold storage hardware wallet is a way to store your private keys. So um, that way, uh, so the Bitcoin is not actually on that cold storage hardware wallet, but that's just a, a way to hold the keys to then spend the Bitcoin that's on the blockchain. Um, in particular, for the uh, currency aspect of it, I see uh, the term used for that is called hyper-Bitcoinization. So, <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's kind of an exciting term, hyper-Bitcoinization. It's got a lot going for it. Yeah, that's right. It's the time where we've reached a, a world where you can use Bitcoin as a currency. So, uh, the properties of money are um, scarcity, uh, like how plentiful or scarce it is. Um, durability, does the money itself uh, degrade over time? Uh, medi medium of exchange, how easy is it to transfer between two people? And then the fourth one is unit of account. So unit of account means when you price things, you price them in terms of Bitcoin. We're not there yet in unit of account. Right now we still price things in dollars. Right. And then maybe if you want to buy something with Bitcoin, we're converting it between uh, dollars and Bitcoin to spend it. And that, and that kind of goes back to the how much is a Satoshi, how much is a, a single Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So until until we can like identify that as a as a market, yeah, we won't be able to get to that point yet. Yeah. And I kind of see like that. That's what I'm saying is like, how do we get to that point where we're able to use it as a currency, but also as a form of investment? Because it is yeah, yeah, a yeah. digitally scarce thing, right? It has actual digital scarcity. So I just struggle like, all right, we, we're, we're going to have all the Bitcoin we ever have now. It's, yeah. it's already there. Yeah. We're not going to have more. Yeah. We know exactly how much Bitcoin we're going to have. So there's the scarcity and we know exactly the amount of divisions and in, in however you want to call it, Satoshi, yeah. whatever else you want to say. Yeah. But how do we then, all right, if let's just say one Bitcoin is worth one trillion dollars okay i don't know just a really wild number right yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the divisions are only uh a hundred million mm. i don't know how many they actually are uh -huh. but there's a hundred so, million satoshis in one bitcoin oh okay yeah. hundred million so you know you have a hundred million and, and one is a trillion so one coin is what like a hundred thousand uh, i forget 
I can't do the math right now, but one Bitcoin's like, hundred million satoshis. Yep. No, no, but I meant like if, if one Bitcoin's a trillion and uh-huh, yeah. So oh, I see. Like, many, what is one satoshi yeah. worth? Right. Yeah, one satoshi might worth like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Right. Yeah. So I can't exactly use one satoshi to buy a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do we get to that point? Is it like, oh, what we do is then we have a, a live transaction for one satoshi. And then it gets converted to, let's say, U.S. dollars because that's the easiest. Yeah. And then now you just have that access to the U.S. Uh-huh. dollars of $100,000. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, so the the first, you bring up a great point. Um, the first thing to consider is if uh, one Bitcoin is worth uh, $1 trillion, um, the question that follows is uh, what happened to the U.S. dollar? Like mm-hmm. what kind of a world are we living in? where um, the U.S. dollar is so, quote-unquote, worthless that it takes a hundred trillion, or sorry, a trillion dollars to be worth one Bitcoin. Um, Like, at that point, uh, I think think it is the case that in in Zimbabwe, like, their their most biggest paper bill is 100 trillion Zimbabwe dollars just printed on a piece of paper just to show how worthless the uh, Zimbabwe dollar uh, has become. Sure. So uh, so I think um, uh, while it's like a good question to ask, you know, how can this Bitcoin go forever when I'm converting it to dollars? Yeah. I think at that point where one Bitcoin is worth a trillion dollars, which, hey, if you think it's even a possibility a Bitcoin <laughs> could be worth a trillion, it could be a good investment, not financial advice. But um, <laughs> not financial yeah, that's right. But uh, <laughs> But uh, by then, we would say uh, the hyper-Bitcoinization is complete. Really, one Bitcoin is worth one Bitcoin. That's ultimately the goal. Like, how much is a Bitcoin worth one Bitcoin? And then it's about the actual real-world value. The other thing, though, to be concerned about, well, what happens when we hit 100 million Satoshis? You know, have we hit a limit or something? I would say um, you could always do a second layer abstracted over Bitcoin. The 21 million number is arbitrary. It's just a base level protocol, um, but we can have higher lever or higher higher layered level um, denominations. My best example is when you go to the gas station, uh, you know, they might show that the, you know, the cost of a gallon of gas is uh, $6.99, but the gas station, it'll say 6.99 and nine tenths sometimes. And it's like nine tenths, where are they getting this nine tenths from? I always wondered like, that. Like, you know, what? you can't actually break up a penny into smaller than a penny, right. nine tenths of a penny. But really, who's who's to say you can't? Certainly, the gas station thinks you can. <laughs> yeah, so, that's a good point. so that's where you know, even if there's a limit, like only a hundred pennies in a dollar, uh, really, this is just math. This is just decimal places. Mm-hmm. You could go lower if you want and then add up those things, and then in real-world value, then it eventually rounds up to uh, to the dollar. So you're saying basically, even though we we have a set amount of Bitcoin, you could still then subdivide the Satoshis. Mm-hmm. So how does that make it any different from, and, and to be from clear, real right, currency, right? You could just yeah. print more currency. Well, so let's be clear right now. First of all, right now, I think it's um, about... 3,000 Satoshis is $1. Uh, so we have a, a ways to go before we're at the point where uh, one Satoshi is worth $1. I mean, there's also a movement to get rid of $1 paper bills and do $1 coins, you know, and, and get rid of the penny entirely. And, you okay. know, we're not even 
we're not even exchanging value in terms of pennies anyway. So, yeah. so it, it's already happening where it's like we don't even necessarily need to denominate into smaller sums in the first place. Well, and I was talking to somebody who said they remember, you know, gas was like 70 cents a gallon. Now uh -huh. it's like seven <laughs> bucks a gallon. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, maybe the cents yeah. don't matter so much. Yeah. So, uh, so the important thing is uh, that there's a limit yeah. of 21 million Bitcoin. So even though you can subdivide to infinity, that's not actually increasing the amount of Bitcoin. So that's not that's not actually making more. Yeah, it's right. Just I guess, dividing it up. More. Yeah, that's true. Just because like it it allows you to create pennies out of dollars. That's right. So you're not you're not actually getting more money wow. when you break a dollar into four quarters or you break four quarters into 10 dimes it's, yeah. it's not actually more money it's just huh. you've just divided it more yeah that's pretty good yeah that's exactly. actually a pretty pretty cool system yeah now on the flip side there's plenty of people who take a thousand dollars and make it into one dollar bills sure. so they can make it rain oh of course and, you know, I mean, everybody actually. loves to make it rain you know well then that, so. that brings me to my most important question yeah. well if i wanted to make it rain satoshis how do i do that Oh, yeah, that's a that's great a hard question. One. You spend your Satoshis on Monopoly dollar bills, <laughs> ah, and then you make your rate. That's it. That's yeah. it right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true, too. I was just asking you before we started recording the podcast mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, paying for everything in cash, and you're like, you don't even pay for anything in cash. That is true. Like, it's already yeah, all digital it's... anyway. So I'd rather uh, make it rain by buying beers, you know, buying drinks. Like, cheers you know, to like, that. Yeah, cheers to that, you know. So, like, that. that's the way we make it rain. Not, not by diving into a pool of gold coins or something. Although diving into a pool of gold coins sounds pretty great. <laughs> yeah, so comfortable. Exactly. Um, so in particular, though, um, the world is still figuring out um, what one Bitcoin is worth, yeah. right? So, so we're still on that journey. Uh, there's a lot of price volatility in the meantime. As uh, right now, it's, you know, it's in the news. Um, the price of Bitcoin right now is down 70% from its all-time high. Sure. So at the time of this recording, Bitcoin's about $20,000 a Bitcoin. It was uh, $69,000 um, recently. What was it like when it started, like, since? So, well, you know, that's the coolest right? thing. So when it started, uh, it didn't even have a price. So it launched in January 3rd, 2009, and uh, anyone could mine Bitcoin if they wanted to. It's a totally permissionless protocol. There was no pre-mine. Mm -hmm. Satoshi Nakamoto didn't like on purpose reward himself with more Bitcoin. It's just the code was open source, available to anyone. Whoever wanted to could have. Yeah. We could have. We didn't. Idiots. <laughs> yeah, idiots. But we could have. Um, and so, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. sure the pseudonymous founder of Bitcoin, Satoshi, uh, I think his, his Bitcoin wallet has a million Bitcoin in it. It's never been spent ever. Um, but you know he did mine it, um, but it wasn't until um, uh, May of 2010 that finally I forget the name of the person, but someone made the first ever recorded um, Bitcoin transaction for real world value. There was someone across the world. Uh, he said, "I will send you 10,000 Bitcoin if you will uh, order two Papa John pizzas <laughs> to my house." Uh, and it was it was the first. I mean. Because we're talking about an exchange of value. Yeah. What is a money but an exchange of value? So yeah. it's like I send you ten thousand Bitcoin, you send me, you know, have someone deliver to me two Papa John pizzas, and there they yeah. were on his doorstep. And people like to say that that guy was a fool to uh, get rid of his ten thousand Bitcoin like that. But there, before then, there was literally no value assigned right. to Bitcoin whatsoever. 
Um, so at that point, 10,000 Bitcoin became worth two Papa John pizzas mm -hmm. at that time, whatever so it was. Let's yeah. say it was like, you know, we said it was 2009, maybe like yeah. 18 bucks. Yeah, right, something. <laughs> that was like 30, but you know. Yeah, so that's that's what really finally first established a price for yeah. what a Bitcoin is worth. Okay. Um, and it's only worth what other people are willing to trade it for. Sure. But that's important in the money. We're not trying to have an intrinsic value. You know, the problem is if it does inherently have its own value, then it's not a good money anymore. The only point of the money is to just store value yeah. and pass that value on to someone else. Okay. Um, the famous example is uh, I'm selling shoes, you're selling apples. Um, you want to buy my shoes, um, but I don't want your apples. That's all you have to give to me. Um, and you really want me to buy your apples because if I don't, they're going to go bad. Yeah. And then you're really stuck. So, you know, what if we could just make a money, something that doesn't have any intrinsic value, but you and I assign it a value. And then now that you have the money, like you're not in this stressful position right. and you can go and use that money to buy your trade goods and services. Um, so that's what yeah. Bitcoin's trying to do. It's just a form of utility storage, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Store like, of value I, is the term. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, I, I used to have to be like, okay, I'll work on your farm for however many days to get this amount of crops so that I could feed myself. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, I could go work doing something else that has nothing to do with farming, but then I could still buy crops. Restoring the value of your work into yeah. a money. And right. the important thing that the innovation that Bitcoin does versus uh, what's called fiat money issued by the government, like the US dollar, yeah. is um, it can't be debased. So no one can just artificially print more Bitcoin it has a fixed supply, yeah. so it holds value right. in a great way in that sense. So when it comes and, to being a, And we talk about the divisions, it's not creating more of it. It's that's just, right. The example of the dollar, right. breaking it up into quarters or dimes or nickels. Exactly. Um, the dollar is still a dollar. It doesn't matter how many pennies you got. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if you could turn one dollar into 101 pennies, talk to me. You know, yeah, definitely, there you go. Definitely, yeah, that, I don't care if it's only a penny. <laughs> we will scale that up all the way. So this is perfect. Right. Uh, so I got one last question for this. Sure, sure. So, you know, in like... Um, a certain uh, sci-fi franchise with magic swords made of light and um, uh -oh. oh, not the Bitcoin dog. Bitcoin dog falling sent to the Bitcoin C++ source code. Get your copy. <laughs> so funny. Um, you know, with magic guns that shoot little lasers and you know, yeah. hairy, tall, you know, monkey men. But you know, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Mm. Everyone's favorite. Um, they use credits as a form of payment and that seems to be universal throughout so I, it does seem like bitcoin is going to become universal throughout you know at least planet earth right yeah, yeah whereas i may not be able to spend a venezuelan dollar here in the u.s or maybe uh uh a u.s well u.s dollars are pretty much accepted around everywhere else but i don't know maybe not in remote south america well on the flip side that's the thing is you could get blocked Right. So, uh, like, you know, even though U.S. dollars are accepted everywhere, if you use PayPal as mm -hmm. the way to transact with a country, PayPal might not on purpose support banks at different countries or customers at different countries uh, or Western Union might shut down its services for people in those countries. So even if the U.S. dollar is accepted everywhere, these intermediaries may stop you. Um, you know, the famous thing, uh, people in Russia willing to pay for Netflix in dollars, mm -hmm. Netflix shut off its surface uh, services to yeah. Russian citizens in the country. So right. uh, with Bitcoin, though, there's no uh, central intermediaries yeah. to shut down the service to you. Uh, you and I can have a private transaction. Mm -hmm. 
That's right. Well, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily private because it'll be posted on the Bitcoin blockchain. Well, we're not going yes, through like a bank. There's no like, central authority yeah. intermediary uh, confirming the transaction. It's all proved by math and by uh, cryptography that the Bitcoin you have is yours because you have the private key to sign it. And then we have the proof of work uh, from the block that encaptures it to you know help make sure it's a valid transaction. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, so how do we get there? How do we get to this future sci-fi scenario where Bitcoin is like credits? Mm-hmm. Um, it's once Bitcoin has reached full adoption, that's where the value becomes a little more stable and we're able to do the unit of account more simply. Yeah. So, for example, um, you know, we reach a point where uh, one Bitcoin is worth the value of a three bedroom, two bathroom house in sunny Los Angeles in Southern California with a view of the ocean. And that's the value of one Bitcoin. And then uh, the value of one Satoshi, um, dividing that by a hundred million, that's the value of one gallon of gas. Sure. And that just- (laughs) At this point, I mean- But it just has that value. (laughs) And that that would be, that would be the idea. So, you know, we're no longer denominating the value of that three, three-bedroom beach house in yeah. LA in dollars, and it keeps going up 10 million, 20 million, 30 million dollars. It's just one Bitcoin has that value, one Satoshi has that value of yeah. gas. And then the price has stabilized a little more, and then so you can trade however many Satoshis you want, you know, to buy pizza, buy beer, buy whatever. It's, it's more established what one Bitcoin is. So right now while we're growing, it's kind of a twofold thing. Some people on, on purpose spend Bitcoin for goods and services because that utility helps with the Bitcoin value proposition. Like it's a good thing to to use Bitcoin to buy the things you want to buy. It gets more people plugged into the Bitcoin monetary network. It shows that you really can use Bitcoin to buy a cup of coffee while one Bitcoin costs 20,000. Or two cups or two Papa John's pizzas. Yeah, or two Papa John's pizzas. You can spend a a smaller amount for the sake of that cup of coffee or something. Uh, and then the most interesting thing also, this is a tangent, um, but uh, what Jack Mallers is trying to do with Strike is show that Bitcoin could be a payment network. So the big idea he has in particular is right now when you pay for money with a credit card uh, to buy your beer or something, uh, Visa is facilitating that transaction and Visa charges a 3% fee for the merchant. So, mm-hmm. you know, even if you pay $20 for your pizza, uh, 3% of that $20 is not actually going to the pizza maker, it's going to Visa for doing the transaction. But through the Bitcoin network, um, you could take those dollars, uh, convert them into Bitcoin, mm-hmm. uh, get it to um, the pizza place, and they could convert the Bitcoin back into dollars themselves. And then there's, boom, there's no 3% fee for doing that. Like you don't need visa to facilitate that transaction you could just use the lightning network so and they have their choice as the pizza place to just keep your bitcoin as bitcoin or to go ahead and convert it that's pretty cool man yeah this was a great talk though (laughs) i i learned a lot from this not financial advice (laughs) the last question alex though is uh what would you say to anyone who thinks it's too late to get started in bitcoin Man, it's so early. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you heard it from Alex. It's so early. Cheers. Cheers.